Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had taken his bodybuilding as far as he could. After winning a record seventh Mr. Olympia title, he retired. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. As a child, her ambition was to become a dancer. As good fortune would have it, she became a princess instead. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. It's <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press a button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's loving And we are doing this once again. Lisa is here, I'm somewhere nearby, and uh, welcome to Peculiar Podcast. We are getting near the anniversary of one year of yeah, doing this. we are. So we have to figure out some fancy way to celebrate it in the, in the next few weeks, couple we, weeks. We don't have to get too fancy. No, not too fancy. We just but have like Cheetos and a bottle of beer. But it'd be nice if we could go someplace uh, and record it uh, from the field or even... I don't, I don't know. We, we should talk about it. Maybe maybe somebody listening would like us to come to their house and do our their po- podcast. Only if their oh, house is nice. Yeah, I'm not going nice. to some crappy house to do a podcast. Well, I'm sorry. Well, what would? Well, I mean, I, if it's a nice house, it's got a, a a bar, a pool. If somebody wants to do this, and I just threw that out there, I haven't really think about it in advance. But if you would like to host us doing peculiar podcast. Um, Lisa's going to have to go over to your place first and check it out, okay? And she'll have her list of demands. Yeah, so don't even bother just saying, hey, you want to do it at my house? You need to send us a reason why we would like to do it. Why should we go to your house? That's what kinda, sort of things can you offer? It's kind of arrogant, isn't it? Not you really. To be putting down terms like that no conditions we want to have we want to have a positive work environment so that we can do our best work why why couldn't you be environmentally more positive than about it what do you mean environmentally well you're talking about positive environment yet but all you've done is be negative about i'm not going to some crappy house that's right because see just thinking about it makes me not do my job well so it's you gotta be a just, nice spot. You're just too hard to please anymore. I mean, there's oh. just there's if, if you, somebody said, I "Hey, do. If here's things... a free dinner," and said, "Oh, great!" So I suppose now I'll have to I pick gotta... up the tip. No, no, no. What I would say is, "Oh, great!" Now I gotta go get dressed, and I gotta drive down, and I gotta yep. park. Yep. And it's just not worth it. You're right. I just nothing is worth it to me anymore. <laughs> I don't know why. You can't talk about it like that anymore. And look, maybe th- this podcast will brighten your mood. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> That's really our job. We've got some good stuff to talk about. We today. do. And uh, I meant to begin this podcast playing a little Elvis Presley, but I forgot. But now I'll play it now. I'm all shook up. And the reason why is this city, uh, the story, I should say, out of Salt Lake City. Elvis Presley, you know, he, back in the 1950s when Elvis first came on television, you may remember that Ed Sullivan insisted that he be shot 
from the waist up. Yeah. They didn't want to show his gyrating pelvis. They, is... they, they called him Elvis the pelvis. That's right. Back in the 50s, it was scandalous. So here we are. Scandalous. So here we are, all these years later, you think, ah, that's old hat. Now people aren't that uptight anymore. Well, in the place called Jordan School District in a Salt Lake City suburb, they said, well, you know what? Uh, the production the kids were putting on at this Utah high school called uh, All Shook Up, we, we got uh, we got a little controversy with some of that. So they 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 had the officials revise the musical. Yeah, I guess there was some complaint about a certain song in the play, and yeah. you know, a parent said eh, they can't be in there, and they they were a little too sexually suggestive. Which, yeah, maybe they're right. I don't know if that has. Uh, has you know is appropriate for a high school play. So well, it was maybe a, they've got something. Well, there was a parent who complained about a song in the play, which appeared on Broadway in 2005, and about some scenes the parent contended were too suggestive, That's what as I you just said. said. Yeah, I'm just reading from this thing. I know. Here. But they don't say what the scenes were. I know. That's true. So what what degree? A, what what somebody kind of considers drag. sexually suggestive. They did keep a cross-dressing element in the musical, so they're going to keep that in. Uh, well, I don't cross dressing is not a problem. I mean, seems to me if you're going to put a play on about Elvis uh, that features the music of Elvis Presley, and the story, by the way, has nothing to do with Elvis. It's uh, William Shakespeare's play, The Twelfth Night. But if it, it features the music, his music is in the play. his music is in the play. Right. So it seems to me if you're going to have his music in there, have it in there the way people know it. It, it to me, it's just another example of this little political correctness thing, yes. whether it be uh, about sex, whether it be about it, just about anything. In fact, you can go, all, speaking of the 50s, you can go all the way back to the 50s, and uh, and th this is a great little satirical song that a guy named Stan Freeberg did uh, about political correctness, in this case, language. But it's great to be with you tonight. We have a uh, special... Pardon me, Mr. Freeberg, but my name is Tweedley. Well, we all have our problems. <laughs> I am the censor from the Citizens Radio Committee, and uh, I feel... You uh, from the Citizens Radio Committee, you say? It's exactly what I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And what, I, is your, what is your purpose in being here? I must okay all the material used on your program here, and I think the best method is to just sit back here and interrupt when I feel it's necessary. You mean you plan to stop me every time I do something that you think is wrong? Exactly. I'll just sound my little horn like this. <laughs> and then you stop, and I'll tell you what's wrong. Uh, somehow I can tell this is going to be one of those days. <laughs> you just go right ahead, Mr. Freeberg. Don't mind me. Yeah. Now I'd like to sing... <laughs> you forgot to say thank you, Mr. Freeberg. Politeness is an essential in radio programming. Your program goes into the home. We must be a good influence on children. And that's a darling little horn there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thanks very much, Mr. Tweedley. You're welcome, I'm sure. I'd like to sing a Old River song in honor this week of National Mississippi Riverboat Paddle Wheel Week. <laughs> Mr. May, if you please. Very polite, Mr. Freeberg. Thank you. <clears throat> Old Man River that old. <laughs> All right, Tweedley, politeness I dig, but what in the world is wrong with old man river? The word old has a connotation some of the more elderly people find distasteful. 
I would suggest you make the substitution, please. I suppose you insist? Precisely. You may continue. Okay, music. You forgot to say, say thank, thank you. you. Yes, okay. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Tweedley. You're quite welcome, I am sure. Elderly man, river, that elderly man, river, he must know something, but he don't say nothing. All right, hold it, fellas. Now what, Tweedley? The word something, you left off the G. But that's authentic. Something. Something. That's the way the people uh, I'm sorry. talk uh, down there. What? The home is a classroom, Mr. Freeberg. I know you said that. Keep in mind the tiny tots. <laughs> and uh, furthermore, think back. You'll recall that you said, but he don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, really, Mr. Freeberg, that's a double negative. Do you mean he does say something? No, I just wasn't using my head, I guess. <laughs> I mean, after all, it should be grammatically correct, keeping in mind... mind the tiny tot, yes. You probably mean he doesn't say anything. I, I, I suppose I mean that, yes, I guess. <laughs> all right, uh, fine, you win. All right, Billy, music. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome, I'm sure. Elderly man, river, that elderly man, river. He must know something, but he doesn't say anything. He just keeps rolling, rolling. He just keeps rolling along. He don't, doesn't plant taters, potatoes. He doesn't plant cotton, cotting. And then these, those that plants them are soon forgotten. But every man river. Excellent. Thank you. You and me. The uh, the tiny tots again, was it? Exactly. Sorry about that. Here we go. Got by that one. Open hearts, lift that veil. You get a little. <laughs> okay, take your finger off the button, Mister Tweedley. We know when we're licked. Well, that concludes Elderly Man River. Oh yes, and thank you for being with us, Mister Tweedley. You're welcome, I'm sure. <laughs> In some ways, you could say very little has changed all these years later. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, speaking of Elvis, though, <clears throat> a woman friend of mine years ago for my birthday, and it was very sweet, she gave me uh, the entire canon of Elvis Presley music, every every recording he ever did. Oh, my God. Big, that's huge. It's a big box set. And, uh, and I just... I. I, I was very nice. I think I was gracious. And I thought, Thank you so much. This is so great. But I wasn't being honest. 
Because oh. I didn't want it. You don't like him? Uh, he, I can take him or leave him. Yeah, I'm the same way. There's so, certain songs that I think are really fabulous. Maybe yeah. just three or four of his songs, and others I just. <gasps> I mean, I thought he was. I roll my eyes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kinda... didn't even like his movies. Did you watch any yeah, of his movies? Yeah, I, I kind of liked some of his movies. Like, there was one called Kid Galahad, where he was a boxer, so it had boxing in it, and I kind of liked that. And there was another one. Uh, maybe it's called Acapulco or something, but he's di- he's a cliff diver in that one, so that's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, they were just vehicles so he could sing a few songs in the middle, right? Of, you know, because musicals were big back then. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But uh, and then, uh, even though I wasn't a huge fan of his, I uh, had the chance to go see him perform. This was when I was living in Eugene, Oregon. And so I bought tickets. That's, that's and I, huge. And I didn't have a lot of money wow. in those days. Still don't. But then it was a really major imposition. Well, he died in, he died in 1977. So yeah. when did you see him, like, right before then? Or? Yeah, it was, it was I want to say it was 1976. Could have been 75. Uh, he was the, the... Was he the fat Elvis then? Yes, yes, he oh. was. Yes, he was. But I just felt <clears throat> that this is like one of those guys like Frank Sinatra... Uh, almost bigger than they really are. They're iconic, and I thought, this is a chance for me to see them. i got to go. Yeah. So I got the tickets. I was very excited. Uh, the day's coming closer. I remember when it was. It was 1976 because it was the year that I got uh, married. And uh, so I've been married that long. And uh, so I was going to treat my wife to tickets. We were going to go. It's going to be in November. My best friend and my best man, between the time I got married... Uh, within three weeks, he found a woman. He went out with her a couple of times, and he decided he was going to get married. And so the wedding day wow. came closer, and then all of a sudden I realized, uh-oh, he's Good. getting married on the same day as the Elvis thing. And oh, so I figured, no. <clears throat> so I figured, well, this will still work out. He's getting married during the daytime, late afternoon, something like that. I'll do, you know, I'll be his best man, and then we'll have the little reception, and then I'll cut out, and my wife and I, we can go see Elvis. Perfect. We have tickets. Perfect. What could go wrong? Yeah, the only thing that went wrong was these uh, these wedding receptions and things like that, they don't really run on a schedule. The people are there drinking, having a good time, making speeches, and that's what, and I was obligated to give one, too. Right. About my friend. And, sure. And so pretty soon I'm, I'm looking at my watch and, I, and, I, and I, my wife says to me, we can't go. We, we aren't going to be able to go to the Elvis thing. I said, you're right. You're right. We just aren't going to have time. I can't leave now. That would be tacky. He's counting on me. So I started asking around and this guy's sister was there. <clears throat> and I said, yeah, I got these Elvis tickets and I can't use them because I got to stick around. She said, oh, my God. Oh, oh, I just would love to see Elvis. His, so his sister thinks it's okay to cut out, but yeah. you didn't. Yeah. So I, so, I, so I give her the tickets. I give her the tickets. But wait a minute. She's his sister. Why is it okay yeah, but for she her to leave the wedding? She doesn't, she doesn't have to, to, to give any speeches. Just, couldn't you have said, hey, I got, can I give this speech because i got to get out of here? Yeah. I, I, it's, a, it's a long oh, time ago, but man. I just felt I couldn't do it. And I thought, but and then her reaction to the idea of going to see Elvis was so immense. I thought, well, this is a good thing. She's going to have a good time. Yeah. It's almost as good as if I was going to go. So I say, here, here's the pair of tickets. Good luck. See you later. She goes out the door. I do the, we're at the reception the rest of the night. And I said, 
and I get I got to get up at some point. I'd just like to say a few words about my friend here. He's, uh, you know, this is the same old lame wedding reception jokes and stuff. <laughs> Everybody's, the dad gets up there. Yeah, I'm sure glad he's getting married. I didn't think anybody was going to marry him. <laughs> That's a good one, Dad. So that kind of stuff. All of a sudden, I look across. About an hour has gone by since the girl left, the sister. And then she comes back into the little ballroom. She's back. Wow, I, she sure doesn't stay long. I said, what are you doing back here? She said, oh, good news. I was able to scalp the tickets. Oh, no. Yeah, she kept the dough. I, I said, well, uh, are you, you, so wow. you going to pay me the money you made? No, no, you gave me the tickets, so I figured whatever happens with them happens. That's interesting. Yeah, I couldn't make a big scene, and you you can uh, maybe understand it. Yeah, well, I didn't. They didn't come. I didn't give her the tickets with strings attached. Sure, there were although, no conditions. Although I certainly thought the way she was acting, like, oh, this is a chance of a lifetime. She's so thrilled. Of course, I'll give her the tickets. Sure. If I knew she was going to go scalp them, I would have given them to somebody sure. else. Yeah. So that was my near Elvis encounter, and I never did see him. And then, uh, less than a year later, I remember I got a new job. In Boise, Idaho, we had our car all loaded up. We were pulling a trailer behind us. Had our cats in the car. And it was so hot, the cats' tongues were hanging out. We didn't have air conditioning in the car. Oh, it was a really hot August day. And we had the, on the radio, we heard Elvis Presley, one of the biggest music stars in the history of America, has died. So, so I, you can remember where you were because we were in this broiling car then. He and Priscilla Presley get divorced before yeah. that. Okay, yeah. I didn't know yeah. if she he left her widow. Have you seen pictures of her lately? Um, well, she's had a little facial oh work done, hasn't gosh. she? Gosh, it's so. I've been really obsessed with looking at um, before and after. I really have been become obsessed with it. Uh, Meg Ryan has done something to the point I can't watch any of her movies now. Really? She looks like the Joker. <laughs> She has that oh, sort of no. stretched really? thing I just, going on. I loved her. I did too. She's the greatest. And I just there. I just... guess she was a pill in real life, but she was sure cute in the movies. Well, what's wrong with being a pill? Uh, she so so. I'm just what, what happens it. when people? Because I'm always wondering That's about scary. facelifts too. You can't too. undo that. You, you can't you, undo it. You get a facelift and think, hey, that looks pretty good. I'll have another one. Maybe it'll look even better. And then you get that to that Kenny Rogers point. Kenny like, Rogers Oh, I went terrible. too far. You've painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair. Mickey Rourke. And then when you try to go back, you can't go backwards, like you, you said. You cannot go backwards. That is what has made me swear off the knife forever. I don't care if my face melts down to the floor. I'm not getting it pulled up. Good for you. Although you could really use a facelift. but <laughs> I know. I do this I'm in the mirror. Kidding. I go, oh, that does look good. Yeah. And I pull, kind of pull the this up here. And go, oh, that does look good. But you know what? You can't trust some of the doctors out there to do just that. And then you take off the bandages and your and your Meg Ryan or your Priscilla Presley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and you go, Oh my god <laughs> I went too far. And it, I don't care how many facelifts you have, you're still getting older. You're gonna look like a crone eventually anyway. You know, if you can't beat back the flames of time, they're gonna catch up with you. 
Uh, so just I, I, there's a degree you can keep yourself in shape. You can try to look nice and have facials and stuff like that, but you're ultimately not going to win that game over over Father Time or Mother well, Nature. I suppose you're not. Joan Rivers, though, is you know. There's somebody else who went too far. She did kind of go too far. She had those yeah. cheek implants. It's like her <laughs> her cheeks. I don't think she could wear glasses because her cheeks would just poke them. I mean, yeah. she's got the cheek implants. When you can look out your eyeballs and, and see, see your, your cheeks, cheeks then <laughs> right, just you don't have to look down very much to see them. But yeah. I just feel bad. I just I've been obsessed looking at these before and after shots, and I. Some of them are are pretty good. So you remember Jennifer Gray from mm-hmm. um, Footloose or what uh, was Dirty it? Dancing? Dirty Dancing. Now I had the time of my life. No, I never felt like this before. Yeah. And the yes, big I controversy over her getting her nose done, which I think looks really cute. She doesn't look anything like herself. Though. She it's looks am- entirely it's different. It's amazing yeah. how much do your nose makes up how what your face looks like. I remember a, a, a girl in my class uh, in high school, in junior high, you know, younger, that had a one of the all-time schnozzes on her. I mean, this this baby oh, looked like that's so sad. the back fin uh, of, oh. of a Cadillac. Oh, she looked like a geez. rhino. Oh, I mean, this thing was, God. The reason I'm saying all of that is because she then had a nose job uh, at some point after high school. And that's why they call it rhinoplasty. And, and when we came back for our 10th high school reunion, oh my God, nobody recognized her. She was a knockout. She got a nose job. She got a nose job. Yeah, and, the and nose. So your nose is really the central part of your face. Do you like your nose? Mm, I, I like that I can get air through it. You sure can. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get the weed whacker in there to keep the airflow going. I, okay. I'm I getting hair in my nose. Now. I don't think anybody really likes their nose. Sometimes you I see like these supermodels say, "I hate my nose." What? What do you hate? You're perfect. What do you mean you hate your nose? Everybody hates something about them. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, but Some I have hate I have no all. time for these supermodels who are self-critical about their looks. I'm thinking, I'll just be quiet. Have you seen Kristen Stewart's ears? I don't even know who that is. Kristen Stewart is in the Twilight series. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, oh, that's right. I've watched all of those have several times. Have you seen? The, I've never seen any of those. Have you seen the ears on her? No, I haven't, because I haven't seen her, because I haven't in, seen those movies. She was also in Snow White with uh, Charlize Theron. Have you seen the ears? Thero- Char- uh, Theron. She Charlie Sterling. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's a babe for you. She probably Ooh. she probably Ooh. has days where she goes, I'm ugly. Yeah. Well, she intentionally, what was the, the monster thing that she was in? Uh, she, de- uh, the, the, it was the... The um, word monster was in it. And it was, uh, yeah. she purposely made herself down to look ugly and yeah. horrific. She I, got an Oscar for yeah. that movie, playing yeah. a, that was a female murderer. Yeah, and Holly Berry did the same thing, and she won an Oscar. Yeah. So I guess the key is, if and you so want to win an Oscar, you got to play. You got to play uh, uh, people that are not as pretty as you are in real life, so or Nicole people Kidman. who have a, some sort of deformity, or uh, you have some, um, um, you know, mentally challenged. Those are the those are the things that win Nicole Academy Awards. Nicole Kidman, speaking of noses, had to put a nose on. To win an Oscar, remember oh, that? That's right, she yeah. played uh, what? She play? Sylvia Platt? Who'd she play? Uh, Sylvia Plath. Uh, it was one of those. I don't. I don't authors. know. I don't know. 
But yeah, she looked totally different. It's just amazing to me how a nose can just change it, change it all. Yeah, no doubt about it. No so, doubt. And when you become unrecognizable because you alter your nose that much, that's that pretty much tell you. That's why I always wondered why when they cover people's faces, you know, with those little black things so you don't know the identity of the person. Right, a bar, you, a black yeah. bar. I think the nose gives you away just as much as your eyes do. So I think I, you're right. I cover that whole that whole thing. That's up. right. They don't even need to do the black bar. They can just put a fake nose on them, and nobody would know who they are. <laughs> I don't know. It's just an idea. That's yeah, a really good idea too. So we'd started talking uh, a little bit about uh, people getting <clears throat> canned for swearing. We didn't get to it in our last right. uh, episode of our last podcast, but and, and I don't even know that there's really much to talk about here, but. There, uh, there's a statistic out that says that four out of every ten firings are a result of employees using bad language. You mean that's like, a lot of people getting fired for swearing at work. You mean like pigeon English or something like that when you say bad language? Swearing. Oh, swearing. Cursing. Okay. Cursing on the job. Yeah. Now we, you know, we talk about this. And people all talk about these rights we have uh, constitutionally of freedom of speech and all of that but this was interesting because if if you're cursing on the job let's say you're just a this crazy guy that's always throwing them out there and and these uh, f-bombs and all the rest it could be argued that you you could deserve to be fired because you're making it an uncomfortable work environment for a lot of other people and you don't you you shouldn't enjoy that right to do that if you're making the workplace unpleasant. Well, are you an all or nothing person? Because to me, what's the difference between one utterance or a hundred? Well, yeah, I, I I think anybody, you know, you you hit your head on with a, a two by four or slam yourself with a hammer, you, something might come out of your mouth <laughs> or you would be unhappy that it did, but it just, that that's one thing. But if if it's a matter of routine where you were walking around the workplace and it's just, uh, you know, the, the, the air is blue all the time. I could see that they there would be people who would say, you know what? Well, uh, you know, we I, were... I, I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to be a Nazi here but on language, but you're making a lot of people here uncomfortable. It's just like if you come into the workplace and you haven't showered in a month, uh, you're going to make people not enjoy being around the workplace as much. So... so Try to curb it a little bit. Yeah, I suppose. We were at the, when we were filling in uh, in December, over the holidays at Cairo Radio, you know, things get going in that newsroom. I heard more, you know, I heard lots of swearing. Yeah. But people, I don't think, do they really take it that seriously? I'm not going to go running to HR. No. <gasps> oh, Bob said the F word. And no, you sure making, wouldn't want to work in a place where that where they were that. It's making me uncomfortable and I can't do my job. I just, I wonder, like, what again, I, I don't know what the issue is with words, swear words, why people take it so negatively. They're just a way, a colorful way to, uh, it, to add some salt to the way you say something well if you over salt to something then it doesn't well, taste, taste very good anymore that's true um but um they also say that your choice of words can definitely damage your chances of moving up at work you right know, so you could get fired or just not even get promoted yeah so well we can't put him in a let, let's say you're you're being hired for a public relations job, or you're you're supposed to, you you know you're working in a newsroom. But gee, what I'd really like to do is be the news anchor or something. Well, they you know if if you're a firebrand who's throwing uh, 
hot words out all the time, uh, they said, man, we better not take a chance on putting him out there because uh, he might do it on the air or we he have might do the, it to a customer. We have the unusual position of being in an actual type of job that it would cost us our job if we were to utter a bad word on the air. And you and I have done radio for over a decade, almost, I don't know, a decade and a half. Mm-hmm. Something and like that. thankfully... That has never, but I worry about it. Yeah, well, I worry you know, about it. Did you worry about it? Yeah, well, you know, and, then, and I've told you this before. That was always my my thing. I said, if you if you routinely use the f word and and are cursing all the time in your everyday conversation, and it's you have slip up, on it's going to slip up on the air. So it's better not to make that your deal all the time in 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 the rest of your life or or I know or you're going to get so passionate about something in the middle of a conversation you're going to forget oh my god I said that on the air Uh I know I'm I need to curb it stations do have dump buttons uh, for that very reason not all of them that seven eight nine second delay but but not all of them not all of them but most talk stations do although to tell you the truth I wasn't aware of whether we had one going when we were filling in at Cairo uh, radio yeah, I think recently. we did. did oh, we? I think they put a double dump button on us. Yeah, they had a backup for the dump button. Yeah, but uh, that the dump button you usually don't hear the host slip up. These people are generally there because they're professional. Dump buttons are more for guests. phone callers and guests mm-hmm. who may may not know the rules or forget. Sure. forget. Right, and that's the, that's happened uh, certainly in the past. That's <clears> right. Excuse me, I'm just still fighting some kind of cold thing here. Well, the other thing, too, though, is you could make the case that um, using inappropriate words, whether it's swearing or, or any, you know, the word penis isn't a swear word, but, you know, you could make the case that, well, I'm being harassed because Joe keeps walking by. All he does is walk by my desk and says penis, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that's inappropriate. HR will take some action uh, on that, so maybe he's just not pronouncing pe- pianist very well, <laughs> or peanuts, and he's just trying to say, "Do you play the piano?" That's all I was really saying to. I know. Yeah, I, again, the absurdity of words always fascinates me. But uh, the the profanity aside, uh, I, I maybe you don't enjoy this as much as I do, but but I love I love I profanity. Love, I lo- no, I love our crazy language. That I we do have, too. I am fast. English language. This is why I I've always thought, you know, gosh, maybe I should learn French or perhaps I should learn Italian or Chinese. And I think no, I am so fascinated with English uh, language, um, speech pathology, all of these things that we uh, tackle with the English language. I'm fascinated with it. I don't have time to learn another language. Yeah. Quite I, I'm, I'm just a word nut. I love learning new words and all of that. But this is a, this is called, a, in this book I, I have in front of me, called Crazy English by a guy named Richard Letterer. It says, in the year 1666, there was a great fire that swept through London and destroyed more than half the city, including three quarters of St. Paul's Cathedral. Oh. The original designer of the cathedral, perhaps the finest architect of all time, was a man named Sir Christopher Wren, and he was commissioned to rebuild the uh, the great ca- cathedral. So he began in 1675. What does this have to do with words? You'll see. 
he began in 1675 and he finished it in the year 1710. You're boring me. So it took 35 years. It's a very short period of time for if you've ever seen St. Paul's Cathedral. It's amazing. Okay. So when it was completed, bear with me now. All right. Queen Anne, the reigning monarch of the time, visited the cathedral and told Christopher Wren that his work was awful, artificial, and amusing. So Sir Christopher, the story goes, was delighted with the royal compliment because in those days, awful meant full of awe, awe-inspiring. Oh. Artificial meant artistic, and amusing meant amazing. That was 300 years ago. Today, the, the, the meanings of all of those words have virtually disappeared from popular use. Uh, it, Interesting. It, that they were in those days. So here's a little exercise now Okay. That of words that are what they call contronymic sentences that show how words wander all over the place and testify to the fact that nothing in this language of ours is absolute. Yeah. Here's the first word, with. With. So and, and that some... is a combination. I am having, I'm having ham with cheese. Yeah. Let me, so I'll, what I'll do is I'll give you the word and then I'll give you the two, two meanings. Uh, with could be alongside or against. Oh, really? It almost sounds the opposite. For example, England fought with France against Germany. England fought with France. That makes sense. So they fought with them, which you could we take fought, to we mean we fought with France that, against that, Germany. Well, but wait. So you can say they fought with them, meaning together alongside. we're going we're to beat the crap out of this guy. Yeah, alongside. Or if you say no, I can't come to work because I was fighting with my brother. Yeah, see how contradictory yeah, that is? That's yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, here's another word, clip. Two meanings, to fasten or to separate. So you would clip the coupon to the newspaper. Sure. Or you could clip the coupon you, from the newspaper. Sure, yeah, yeah. interesting. Weird. So you, that's why, you know, we wonder why we all miscommunicate with each other all day long because, oh, I thought you meant mm -hmm. clip it from the newspaper. Right. You idiot. What'd you clip it to the newspaper for? Bolt is to secure something in place or, or to away. dart away. Yeah. I'll bolt the door. Did you see the horse bolt? Because you didn't bolt the door? Yeah. Uh, handicap. Handicap can mean both an advantage or a disadvantage. Like, what's your handicap in golf? What's your advantage in golf? And then you could also say his lack of education is a real handicap. Mm -hmm. now, that word has always made me scratch my head. If we didn't have golf, we probably wouldn't have that contradiction. Keep up. Continue to fall or continue to stay up. In other words, the farmers hope that the rain will keep up. Damocles hoped that the sword above his head would keep up. In other words, that it wouldn't fall. Sure. Uh, is this still boring you? Kind of. Okay. I'll just do one more, okay? No, some of it was fascinating, but I'm starting to... You start, I noticed your eyes were shutting there. Okay. All right, here. then I'll just stop. I'll just stop. <laughs> I'll just, if, it, if it's only interesting to me, no, I think leave it No, I think, it it is, I think it's interesting a okay. little bit. All right. Now, now um, Star Wars creator George Lucas is now engaged. Has he ever been married before? I don't know. That's what. a great question. Um, Thank you. He actually was married to a film editor, Marcia Lou Griffin. He oh. divorced her back in 1983, so he's been a single guy for a while. And he is 68 years old. And Wow, I didn't know he was he, that old. He, he stayed single for a long time. Um, so he actually proposed to, this just happened recently, 
the DreamWorks Animation Chairman, Melody Hobson, who is uh, a rep for Lucasfilm. Um, so, obviously, they met uh, at work. and Didn't uh, he sell the whole Lucas thing just recently? I, I, I thought yeah, I heard that. I think, you're, yeah, I think th- you're right. I think he sold it off. So, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I hope he got some money out of the thing if he did indeed sell it. So, anyway, yeah. she's, uh, she's a beautiful woman, and... Uh, He's uh, 68. She's 43. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Hugh Hefner just did that a few weeks ago, too. Yes, he did. He's what, And there was a greater gap than 118, that. 118, and she's 29. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? What is it What is it about men who... I don't care about it. I mean, if, if, you, if, if you could make the case that these people are in love, uh, then, then who cares what the age difference is? I mean, I... That is such a pat answer. Well, and I don't mean uh, Pat Cashman. That's me, Pat. There's just, another contradictory just, word. No, it's true. I mean, I, I think of the same. It's the same thing. As long as they're in love. Yes. I mean, if two gay people want to get married, I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I so think. So if they're it, not in love, then you love think it's wrong. Love is the thing. Well, I don't know why they're getting married if they're not in love. Oh, please. Where, where did you? Why don't you just live together if you're not in love? Oh. See how that works out. Does the word Anna Nicole Smith mean anything to no, you? No, no. She, you, seriously, you thought she loved that? I don't know. Do you know for sure? It just seems suspect is all I'm saying. I grant you that. I'm it not trying to be too contrary. It just seems suspect. But, I just but don't know. But it's not for you or me to make assumptions well, yes, about is. why people get married. I guess. And, and, if, and I, if they are 100 years age different apart, who cares really if they are happy together? And if the guy so if or I woman came, is loaded, if I came, to, <laughs> if I came to you and said, Pat, I got to, I got to tell you something. I've, I've met somebody, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry him. He's, he's in his nineties. Okay, mm-hmm. right. And I said yeah. to you, and I said to you, and I got to be honest with you. I mean, he's loaded, and I'm gonna take it. He wants to marry me. I'm gonna do it. What would you advise me to do? He wants to marry you. You're not. Yes, you he weren't does. tricking Look at me. you. Look. You weren't tricking him into marrying you. Well, we'll define that. What do you mean? Well, tricking? I mean, in other words, are you manipulating this thing so you can get his money, or did, or does he? Which, which of course, is your goal ultimately. Yeah, but I'm but, saying... but does he want to marry you for the you know because I'm he a... wants to marry you and not because yeah he, he thinks you're you're trying to trick him or do something duplicitous no i'm he wants to marry me he thinks i'm fabulous why does he want to marry did you ask him (laughs) let's just pretend he just wants to marry me i know that's hard but but does he say that he loves you yes he loves me okay but what i'm telling you is i don't really love him but hey i've got this i got this opportunity here Hmm. i mean seriously i know i know what i should say is that that's just not right I can, I, that's what you I can, just that's what you were I can hear my mother saying that. Exactly. That's what but, I was getting at. Too. But on the other hand, you know, uh you're a friend of mine and I'd like to see you taken care of. So you wouldn't you're have tired, any, you're tired of taking care of me. Wouldn't have any money worries anymore. <laughs> and and yeah. I figure if you confided that information in to me, then uh-huh. I would assume that I'm gonna get some of that largesse too. <laughs> always something in it for you well, but you just said you're okay with it as long as they're marrying for love now i just came to you and said look dude i'm not doing it for love and you're like well okay well i i might give you a different kind of pass than i would give the average person that i didn't know 
Tell me about that. Well, Why? I, I just told you. I said, if it, if it means, if you're okay with doing it, you're, you don't have any ethical problems with it. I'm at, I'm at this point, I'm not sure that I am, but I'm also not sure that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Not that I have an offer on the table. I don't. I don't have an offer on the no, table. No, I know this is just a. But what if. I just wonder about that, and I. It's very easy to say, like you said, oh, that's wrong. I would never do that. And sometimes you have to sit down and think, gosh, I don't know. Maybe I would do that. Not that I'd ever admit it to anybody. Here's the thing. If I did do it, I wouldn't tell you. I would say, oh, yes, I'm madly in love with him. He's 90. Look at how cute he is. I wouldn't admit that to you because it'd be hard to admit to myself. That's a tough one. Well, if if he was 98 plus, 98, he's a millionaire billionaire. You wouldn't have to tell me why you're marrying him. You're my friend. I would tell you. No, but you, but you said, I don't know if i tell you. You wouldn't have to tell me. I could size that up pretty oh, quickly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you certainly couldn't size it up earlier when I said, what about Anna Nicole Smith? And you said, well, I don't know if they're not in love. Well, I don't. So how would you then I not just know-, know you. I don't know her. <laughs> ne- her. The late her. What makes you think, what is it about me that makes you think I couldn't fall in love with a rich 98-year-old man? Uh, well, this is, this is hard to to say gracefully but i think you like something perhaps um even more than money go ahead what that he might not at 98 years old be able to provide on a regular basis they have pills for that for 98 year olds guys you take two um well i don't know (laughs) and would it be would it be something that you would enjoy let's just picture what we think a 98 year old guy looks like he's got all you know, he's all white and veiny. And, and, and 98-year-old butts are not cute. I wouldn't know. I'll Google some 98-year-old butts and show you. So you've seen 98-year-old butts. They're, I'm just imagining. Okay. Not now, that mine's any great shakes, but <laughs> you know what I mean? At 98. Great shakes. I don't know. but yeah. Well, so it's I, an interesting uh, what a, moral dilemma you pose, but I... Uh, I think I men th- uh, are equally... Um, you know, guilty of that. Uh, young men wooing, you know, women like my, my age now are feeling maybe less uh, attractive and you get the, you know, if so I came into a lot of money, I'd be very worried about a young man trying to woo me. As well you should. And yeah. that's not uncommon either. Well, that that brings up the, the point then. I, I mean, you, we all know people or have heard of people that have gotten divorced and maybe the woman Let's say in the case, a woman said, to tell you the truth, uh, next time I get married, it's going to be for love, not for money. Right, right. Or not for looks this But I time. think it's interesting that it's never the old man taking up with the young woman who's rich. Are you with me? Yeah. No, old, I... poor man somehow connects with a young, rich woman and then takes her for everything she's worth. Yeah. That, it you doesn't never, happen. You never hear about that. You do hear about, remember the... Uh, the uh, actress and comedian Martha Ray. Remember her from yes. years ago? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's right. She, she did all the dental ads. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I remember. She married a really young man. Yeah. So, oh, my God. I remember that. So I don't know if she was terribly wealthy, but she was better off than the guy that that. that there is a new to movie out, too, her. that Jack Black is in with uh, Shirley MacLaine that's based on a real-life story about yeah. um, a younger man who woos an older woman and then takes all her money and then kills her. Yeah. So it's um, we we love to uh, tell our kids and stuff uh, that you know we, 
you'll meet your Prince Charming someday and he, you want to marry somebody who's really good to you and treats you really well. My will come. Uh, and we don't usually bring up the money component in it, even though we wish that you were going to marry a nice doctor. Doctors are nice. My mother used to say, you can love a rich man just as much as a poor man. And... But that's just not true, I is never, it? I never went anywhere with that. Hey, so before we wrap up here, I do <laughs> yeah. want to tell you, speaking of breaking up and love and all these crazy things, that there was a story I came across, um, <laughs> a classic breakup revenge story. Uh, I don't know if you heard. This happened. Uh, this actually happened last year, but the Internet's just now picking up this story. It's starting to go viral. Because maybe the Internet was just on dial-up. Uh, maybe, but it, it actually happened last January. And there was a woman who uh, got a little bitter because her boyfriend just picked up and left. One of those disappearing men, which are just so, just love the disappearing man. That's always a really fun thing to have to deal with. Did the aliens get him? Did he fall into a cliff, off a cliff? What happened to this guy? Just disappeared. And she said, fine. Well, I mean, if that's how you're going to be, fine. And she posted online the secret locations of his favorite secret fishing spots <laughs> i think that's brilliant she said <laughs> and she put them up for sale she said yes if you'd like to know the coordinates of these just you know you have to bid she made three thousand dollars off the secret fishing spots of this guy and apparently she thought she'd only just get a few people interested she got ninety thousand hits on the website for this so that's what she did mm. Well, so, you know, I think it was old Bill Shakespeare talked about uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. American woman gonna mess your mind. American woman, she gonna mess your mind. Exactly. That would be scare me, man. I, if, if it's a certain kind of woman uh, that you actually would be afraid of, and you would stay with just because you'd be afraid of what they might do. Oh, I know. Yeah. Do I strike you as that kind of woman? little bit Peculiarpodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. 